Welcome to Park City Church. You're listening to our weekly message, where we hope you'll be inspired and encouraged to know and follow Jesus and welcome and serve others. Thank you for tuning in. As we step into the passage this morning, I I have been thinking, or it got me thinking a little bit about uh, a friendship from my own life from a number of years ago. Uh, From my childhood, really, I, I would guess around like middle school and up through about the time. He was a little older than me, and he left for college, and then I left for college a little later, and uh, as friendships do, maybe this is an experience you know, uh, we just, we just kind of drifted a- apart. Um, honestly, you know, we just kind of lost touch along the way, and I, I just didn't put much effort into it. And, uh, and, and that was a long time ago, uh, longer than I would care to admit. Uh, but more, more recently, uh, this friend reached, reached out to me, just kind of curious about what, what had happened uh, in the friendship and uh, it was a, it was a, I'll, I'll be transparent with you. It was a challenging conversation for me, uh, as in the back and forth that we had a bit there. Just uh, really, probably because there's a bit of truth, and truth sometimes stings. But just that I hadn't, you know, uh, as I tend to do, just kind of let things drift, right? And so the relationship, just the friendship, just, just drifted. I, I, I would imagine. I don't, I don't mean to assume. I know what happens when you assume, right? But. Uh, I, I, I would imagine that's an experience you all, we all can maybe uh, relate to, right? The, or maybe the pain of, of like a broken relationship is just a little too present uh, for us. That we, just, we don't want to quite sit with it. They do seem really prevalent these days. I feel like, it, it feels like there's just always something to fight about, always something to disagree over, always a source of conflict, and maybe that's no different than it has been, but it feels really sort of present now, but whatever your experience, right, like mine, whatever your experience with uh, maybe the broken relationships of your life, I, I, I do think they kind of leave us often asking a question. Uh, and maybe you have asked this question, uh, is it possible for this friendship to, uh, to, to be what it was, right? Is it, is it possible to have the same relationship um, given sort of all that has happened, Right? Is, is it, will this, will this relationship or this friendship sort of ever be uh, right? And uh, chances are you've probably asked that question about relationships in your own life. Uh, maybe even, I would, I, I would suggest, maybe even about your relationship with God. Right? And when it comes to the conversation you might be having around your faith and your relationship to God and the church, and, and that question kind of rings true. Will this ever be like, what it should be or is supposed to be or like it was? Will it ever be whole or, or right? I want to suggest to you that that question is, is sort of the unspoken question behind the passage that we read this morning, this final word from God to his people through Haggai. So it's a short little book. We, we find we, oracles, four oracles from God as he speaks to his people. But I want to suggest to you that in this last one behind it uh, is, is this unspoken question. You'll remember, uh, if you've been a part of this conversation, you'll remember that God's people have been returned from exile. So there'd been a civil war, uh, Israel to the north, Judah to the south, the Assyrians had come up north, the Babylonians, and then the Persians. Years and years of exile and um, captivity. And now they had returned under the uh, graciousness, I suppose, of the Persians, if that's the right word. They'd They'd been sent back home to rebuild their lives and to rebuild uh, their faith, their relationship with God. 
And it's not hard then, right? So they've come back and the temple's in ruins. It's not hard then, I think, to imagine them asking this question, right? As they look around, as you look around, uh, your, the landscape of your faith, your relationship with God, maybe asking the question, is it possible for us to still have the same relationship? Whoa. Well, you'll be happy to know we're taking a look at that, but uh, <laughs> I've never heard it quite so clearly. Uh, okay, that's all right. That's beautiful. Kids are singing, which is a beautiful thing. I'll take it every time over none. none. So uh, anyway, right, they're asking the question. You could, you could understand uh, the people as they build the ruins of their lives asking this question. Is it possible? <laughs> all right. Is it possible for us to still have the same relationship. I'm trying to figure out what they're saying. All right. I'm really done. I'm just going to keep going. All right. So do your best to hang with me and uh, it'll be great. Uh, I want to ask you a question. Like uh, you can see where maybe this question would rise to the surface in their life uh, in this moment. But I want to ask you what maybe what does this question look like or feel like for you? in your own journey of faith, your own faith uh, conversations. When you think about and navigate in your heart the relationship with God, what what is this question like? I I wonder for some of us, or you or your friends, right? I, I imagine for many, it's as we step, maybe we're returning to this conversation after some time away. And after some time away, we step back in and maybe it feels a little different and maybe we bring some memories of a previous experience and we step into this conversation wondering, man, will this ever feel or be right? Will, will it be whole? Uh, will it be like it was or, or better than it was if we, 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 we bring a bit of you know, brokenness into it? Or I wonder, maybe you're here this morning and it's a different question. That, that question rises from a different experience, right? You, you come with the question out of a relationship with God, a, a history with God that's full or wrought with mistakes and wrong turns and maybe full of shame and regret. And, and you're asking the, the same question, but maybe from a different place. Is it possible for this to ever be right like it was or like it's supposed to be given all that's happened or maybe given all that I've done. Maybe. Or, uh, (laughs) oh man, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. They're clearly having all the fun. We should just all go in there. Uh, for those of you watching online, the kids are having a great time. So, uh, or maybe the question comes from a third place for you. You know, there are probably any number of places where that question could arise. But, but maybe this question uh, for you, right, the same question, but comes from a relationship that's just full of questions and doubt. Right, a relationship that, that is full of experiences or frustrations that leave you cautious or dubious or even angry. Right, is this... Is it even possible, God, for this relationship to be right? Given all that has happened, maybe to me or in my life or maybe in the world around me, given all that has happened, is it possible for this to be right? I want to suggest to you as we step into the passage this morning that in one sense, the answer to this question is a simple no. No. 
And, and I, I want to suggest to you that that is good news because what, what that answer says to you and to me is that the burden of this relationship, your faith relationship, is not yours to carry. Right? The burden of, of this relationship and the, the, that you're navigating in terms of your faith is not yours to carry. And that has been a theme over and over and over again in Haggai. A theme I hope that has rung true uh, each time we have reflected on this um, short and brief book. I think it rings true in our passage again today. If we can look at it here, uh, if, we'll start where we've started previously. If, first, if you'll just consider the subject of the verbs, right? So just on a surface level, an observation we've made about previous readings, but, but if you'll just consider the subject of the verbs, right, who's doing the action here? God speaking through Haggai to a people lost in the ruins of their broken relationship with him are repeatedly assured that the initiative and the activity in their relationship is God's. And we see it here, right? I am ready to shake. I will overthrow. I will take you. I will make you. I have chosen you. God is initiating, and, and, and God is the one, sort of the, the subject, carrying the weight, if you will, of the burden of this relationship. Those first couple verses, verses 21 and, and 22, uh, all this language of shaking and overthrowing and, uh, are specific. I think they're, they're meant to call to mind for Haggai's first listeners or readers. It's a language, all this language about shaking and, and confusing enemies it calls to mind a whole history uh, for God's people who were listening in this moment. Right? Specifically, as an example, if you think of like horses and chariots, right? the God would confuse the enemies, the horses and chariots. Uh, those listeners, it would have taken them back to a, a history, uh, perhaps of the Exodus, passing through the sea in need of help and intervention and chariots and horses in pursuit and God uh, through the waters of the sea bringing confusion. Just one example, but, but a theme that would have occurred throughout the history of, the, uh, of these people. And here in this moment, in this brief couple of verses, God reminding them the initiative in this relationship is his. Right, that he is the one who, who holds and carries the burden of that weight in your life as well. But then, then we, get to, uh, we get to Zerubbabel, right? Uh, I, I'm tempted to say, everybody, can you say Zerubbabel with me, right? Yeah, you don't have to do that. It's okay. Uh, we were chatting with the girls last night, my girls, and we were talking about Zerubbabel, and they were so intrigued. Like, is that a real name? Can we just make up words to name people? Which led to a whole sort of, you know, a few sentences. I'm like, you can, but your child will never speak to you, right? Like, feel free, but, uh, you know, uh, Zerubbabel, right? So what's, what's going on with this guy? We start with sort of generic, God is the subject, but then we get this really specific word to Zerubbabel, which is how Haggai started. He's been there all along, kind of as a time marker, but right at the beginning, God gave a, a word to Zerubbabel and Joshua. And you'll remember again, Zerubbabel was, I'm just going to see how many times I can say it. Uh, he, he was perhaps appointed by the Persians, an exile himself, sent back to lead. He was the civic leader as the people were going to rebuild their lives and their relationship with God. And, and here we find him, Zerubbabel, now named again, God addressing him. Well, what's going on, right? Why, why, again, this, why all of this chat, this conversation, signet rings and choosing and, and all of this? Well, I, I think, again, with remarkable brevity, 
right? Remarkable brevity. God is calling to mind not just the whole history for his people, uh, but also a, a future, right? That if theirs is a history of sort of broken relationship, as we'll see in just a moment, he's also sort of nudging them towards the hope of, of a future. It turns out, all right, so uh, if what I've said so far hasn't been riveting, hang on, this is about to just get crazy, right? Uh, Zerubbabel was a grandson, right? And his grandfather was a guy named Jehoiakim. Right? Again, I think my kids would love that one, right? But his, his grandfather was a guy named Jehoiakim who was himself a king in Judah, the southern kingdom. You find his story, those I know many of you are kind of reading through scripture together, perhaps the Old Testament. I don't know if you're this far yet, but, but the stories of kings and chronicles, you'd bump into him. But you also find his story in another book written by a prophet named Jeremiah. And Jeremiah writes into this same space of exile and captivity. And uh, Jeremiah's writing, and he, he brings up Zerubbabel's granddad, right? We don't know about Zerubbabel yet, right? But Jehoiakim. And, and uh, uh, Jehoiakim, man, he, he was a king in Judah, but things had gone as it had for so many kings before and after, terribly sideways. The relationship seemingly irrevocably broken. In fact, this is what Jeremiah tells us in chapter 22, uh, a word of God through Jeremiah to Jehoiakim. He says, even if you, Jehoiakim, Again, I'll just keep repeating the name. Even if you, Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were a signet ring on my right hand, I would still pull you off and cast you away, right? And you're thinking, right? You read this, again, the signet ring, this emblem of relationship, this mark of, of uh, the covenant as the Old Testament were, but this mark of, of special relationship, God in this moment seemingly admitting that the relationship is irrevocably broken, right? And yet, just a generation or two later, to his very grandson Zerubbabel, we find God again expressing to him the promise we see in Haggai. I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you. What, what's, what's going on? What is all of this language, choosing and rings? And, right? I mean, he's clearly, so in this promise, his people remembering a bit of their history, right, would have gone back to Jehoiakim, but they would have gone back even further to David, God choosing someone and, and marking him out and establishing a covenant with him and, and saying and promising that through him he would shepherd and lead and maintain his relationship with his people. We start with David, but it's not long before we bump into characters like Jehoiakim where the relationship goes sideways again and again and again, and then we get to Zerubbabel here in the middle of the ruins of a broken relationship. Just, just by virtue of his name and this promise here, we, we are pulled into a whole history of unfaithfulness, of a relationship fraught with the question, will this ever be right? Will we ever get this right? Will this relationship ever be what it could be or what it was? Again, for those of you reading through the Old Testament, if you haven't already, you'll soon discover we are very bad at relationships, right? People of all kinds, we are bad at relationships, but we are uniquely and particularly bad at this one. Specifically, our relationship with God as Scripture unfolds, we see a whole history of unfaithfulness, right? You guys are like, man, 
where is the gospel here? We're, we're, we're getting there. But even in Haggai, we see it. We want to build our own homes. We want to stand on our own merit. And all the while, God is calling and reminding, all you need is my presence with you, my spirit in your midst. And it's in the midst of all of that, the ruins of their lives, we hear this word to Zerubbabel. It looks back at all of history, he says, calls to mind this long story. All of that bad blood, if you will, all of that unfaithfulness, it pulls the question right into the center. Will this ever be right? Will it ever be right? And, and while left to our own devices, the answer is unquestionably no. We hear through this promise to Zerubbabel, this chat about a ring, about the chosen one, a ruler for his people who would fulfill David's role of shepherding and leading them. We hear a hint or a nudge or a promise of the future. In fact, Zerubbabel, right, he doesn't just pull us into his family history. He, he points us to his future. Zerubbabel shows up in the New Testament, specifically in the genealogy of Jesus. Two of the gospel writers give us sort of a, a framework, a family tree, so to understand and situate who Jesus is and where he is. And, and in that list is this guy, who just a generation or two earlier Everything seemed, again, completely beyond repair. And yet here in Haggai, a hint or a nod uh, to what is to come. So I think when we, when we hear Zerubbabel, we, it pulls us into a story. First we think David. Oh, yeah, God working. And then we think Jehoiakim. Man, we, we repeatedly mess this up. But then Zerubbabel, a hint or a nod of promise that brings us all the way to Jesus. Right? the faithful one himself, who will take all of our faithfulness on himself. Sorry, he'll take all of our unfaithfulness on himself uh, on the cross, who will offer, Jesus will offer a definitive uh, answer to the question, and it will be yes. Will this relationship ever be right again? Yes, but it won't be because of your faithfulness, Jesus says. It will be because of mine. Here in Haggai is this promise, a foreshadowing, a hint, a whisper, a whisper of the gospel. This is the good news for you and for me. This is, this is the gospel. We talk about the good news of Jesus. It's that our hope rests in the hands of the, the faithful one, Jesus, and it's his faithfulness, not our own, that makes all the difference. I want you to hear that again and let, let that word of grace be an encouragement to you. It's his faithfulness, not yours, that makes all the difference. I, uh, I have another friend, right? Uh, uh, I do have a couple, right? Although I'm, I'm doing a good job of just sort of ticking them off here, right? So uh, but I had another friend, right? So he was from an adult, a later stage of my life as an adult, a young adult, and uh, but still uh, painfully too many years ago, right? Uh, uh, but we worked together. It was great, a great friend. And over the years, we went different ways. And, uh, you know, some of those partings were difficult. And uh, just the, the friendship, you know, just trying to maintain uh, the friendship and, you know, kind of on again, off again. You'd go a long time without chatting. But we'd pick up, and it'd be great. And uh, just an interesting sort of space. And, uh, but this particular friend, we, we've sort of stepped back into talking a little more frequently. And inevitably, recently, we had this conversation. I'll, I'll admit, it's been a while since I've reached out to him, and now you'll understand why. Because we were kind of talking about, again, the nature of our friendship, and you guys are thinking, Matt, you should see a therapist. And 
you're right, and I am, and it's going to be okay. I'll figure this out, right? But, uh, but, but uh, so we're just kind of talking about it, and, and inevitably, you're kind of just like, man, you know, I just, I'm drifting apart, you know. I'm like, well, here's what happens, buddy, you know, like, I call, and then I'm like, it's great, and then we go a long time. Like, I should call. I should call my friend. I'm like, oh, but it's been so long. If I call him now, he's going to be like, why haven't you called me? And I feel shame. And so I just kick it down the road a little bit. And then I remember again, I should call this guy. And he's never once when I've called been like, you know, I can't believe you, right? And, and, and as a good friend, he just sort of kicked the legs out from under that and said, buddy, come on, man. Like, we're adults here. But, but it occurs to me, right, that we're bad at relationships, Right, we're, we're bad at them. Will this relationship ever be right? And, and, and again, where we started, I think it's the same. I, I would venture that shame, maybe in a very similar way, finds its way into our conversation about faith. Like, man, it's been a minute. It's been a while. Maybe for many of your friends or, or for you, faith was sort of this thing of your experience in the past. And to come back to it, it's, it's just, it's a really fraught conversation. Maybe full of shame. I can't just step back in. Maybe, maybe it's just drift, right? We feel it in every relationship, right? That, that life gets full and we just drift and, and then to kind of step back into it feels awkward. Maybe it's frustration or anger. Maybe like every relationship, it's full of grudges and regrets, maybe scars. Will this relationship ever be right? This morning, I want to encourage you, if you'll allow me, right, if you'll allow me to speak the gospel to you, the weight of this relationship is not yours to bear. It's not yours to bear, right? Your hope and my hope in the question of our relationship with God and faith in him It rests in the hands of the ones whose scars themselves are a mark of his unrelenting faithfulness to you, regardless of your faithfulness to him. If you'll allow me again, I, 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 would, I would just want to speak into this space in your life because I'd imagine we're all kind of at different places in that conversation. And, and I, I just would, would want to encourage you. The gospel says to you that it's his faithfulness that makes the difference. And sure, that works a change in us, but, but that weight is not yours to carry. I was thinking about, uh, we're, we're going to close with a song and, uh, or two, and I was, I was thinking about this passage that's uh, probably familiar to many of you. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I feel like I always hear that as this like, grand theological sort of statement of truth. But I've been sitting with Haggai over these last few weeks, it occurs to me that, that it is a deeply personal promise. God's faithfulness to you and to me. That he doesn't change in his faithfulness. That he was as faithful and as present in my history, in my past, as he is in this moment now with me and as he will be for me tomorrow. Even in the ruins of my broken relationship with him, he is the same. He is faithful. He's as present and faithful to me in my grief as he is in my joy as present and faithful to me in my certainty as he is in in my doubt, as faithful and present to me in my calm and peace as he is in my anger and frustration and my health as he is in my sickness, that he is the same. And he holds the weight of that relationship. Is it possible? Is it possible for this thing to ever be right? As it was or as it should be, given all that's happened, 
all that's happened in the world, all that maybe I have done, all that I carry, is it possible? I want to suggest to you this morning that whispered, yeah, whispered, whispered in the promise to Zerubbabel and then shouted in the person of Jesus, the answer is yes. Yes, because he is faithful. Jesus, the faithful one, he is faithful. And his faithfulness, not yours and not mine, makes all the difference. Thank you for listening to the Park City Church Podcast. To learn more about our church and or to find ways to get involved in our community, visit us at parkcitykc.com or follow us on social media at parkcitykc.com.